Section twenty of A Day at a Time by Archibald Alexander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Section twenty. Under the Juniper Tree. Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a juniper tree, and requested for himself that he might die. First Kings chapter nineteen verse four. A well-known writer relates that when passing through Edinburgh once. He saw a procession of friendly societies, and observed on one of the banners the name emblazoned, The Order of the Juniper Tree. His comment is, Many of us belong to that order. So we do. And, because of that, we can diagnose Elijah's trouble quite accurately. He is suffering, as we have all suffered at some time or other, from the pains and penalties of reaction. Just because he had climbed to a height almost superhuman, the reaction when it came was very black and terrible. The Bible is too wise and too true to human nature to conceal the fact that for his hour of splendid daring, Elijah had his price to pay. It is a commonplace, of course, but just one of those commonplaces which in the bulk spell wisdom that there was a physical reason for this condition. To put it plainly, Elijah was tired out. He had been using up his physical and nervous energy at such a ruinous rate during the past few hours that he had overdrawn his account. It strikes one as a very significant fact that when God's angel took the prophet in hand, the first thing he did was to provide him with a meal. Elijah was actually on his way back to his normal condition when he had something to eat. That is not a mere incident in the story. It is exceedingly important because Sometimes the religious depression with which we are acquainted arises in a similar way. It is a very useful fact to remember that a man's whole religious outlook is colored by the condition of his health. We may be slow to admit such a low and material cause for effects so apparently spiritual. But it is a fact, all the same, and it is only wise to recognize it. But Elijah's reaction was not entirely or even mainly physical in its origin. He had been in a very exalted spiritual condition during the contest on Carmel. Think what the man had done. He had stood alone in the path of a whole nation rioting down to idolatry and shamelessness, and with voice and presence and fire from heaven had stopped and turned them, driven the huddled, frightened sheep back again to the ways and the worship of God. Was it to be wondered at that his very soul within him was faint under the strain? Though the vision and the privileges of the hilltop are what the best men covet most, it is but little of it at a time that anyone can stand. Do you remember that Jesus would not let Peter and James and John remain long on the Mount of Transfiguration, even though they wanted to build tabernacles and dwell there? There have been few greater spiritual experts than John Bunyan, and when he has described how his pilgrim fared in the Palace Beautiful, how he slept in a chamber called Peace, how he saw afar off the delectable land, whither he was journeying, where does he take him next? Straight down into the Valley of Humiliation, where he has to fight for his life against the darts of the evil one flying as thick as hail. There is no cure for reaction, of course, but there are one or two rules which experience has proved to be helpful. For example, it is never a wise thing, when you are depressed, 
to attempt to form any judgment about yourself, your service, or your standing in the sight of God. By some satanic impulse, that is the very time, of course, when you will be tempted to do it. It may appear a very wholesome spiritual exercise when you have gone a day's journey into the wilderness and are faint to reckon up what manner of man and disciple of Christ you are. But don't do it then. Nobody sees truly either himself or God under a juniper tree. And then, if possible, do not speak about your despondency. Don't express your mood outwardly at all if you can help it. Bottle it up if you can, and you will starve it all the sooner. His biographer relates of the late Ian McLaren that, like many people who have Celtic blood in their veins, he was subject to curious fits of depression and gloom, which did not seem to be in any way connected with bodily health. But, he goes on to say, he never inflicted his melancholy moods on his family, was only very quiet and absorbed, and kept more closely to his study. In a day or two he would emerge again, like a man coming out into the sunshine. And lastly, once a man has sworn himself a disciple and a soldier of Jesus Christ, neither doubt nor depression, neither darkness nor reaction absolves him from the obligation to follow and to serve when he is called. It must be confessed that it is an undue sense of the importance of our own feelings that makes the juniper tree mood the peril and hindrance that it is. We need to remember that the call of Christ overrides personal feelings. In his army, too, there is discipline to be thought of, and it is not soldierly to skulk. When the bugle calls to action, nobody but a coward would make the fact that he is not feeling quite up to the mark an excuse for sitting still. Reaction is a natural thing, but cowardice is always shameful. Prayer O Lord our God, we bless Thee for the comfort of Thy perfect knowledge of us. We are glad to think that Thou knowest our frame and rememberest that we are dust. Make us more wise to bring the burden of our moods of darkness and reaction to the footstool of Thy perfect understanding. But save us, we beseech Thee, from all yielding in the long fight against them. Seeing that Thy grace is sufficient for us, and Thy strength made perfect in our weakness, grant us a godly fear of all unmanly surrender. For thy name's sake. Amen. End of section 20.